Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. 1 Samuel chapter 18. I love talking about King David. He's my, he's my favorite person in the Old Testament. We've been in a uh, series I kicked off last week talking about relationships and looking at the life of King David and in, in, uh, in how his, he had all kinds of different relationships. He had good relationships, great relationships, relationships that started out good then turned bad. How many's ever had one of those? Toxic relationships. So we're going to talk about all of them over the next couple of weeks. And next week, we're going to talk about him and Saul, how Saul kind of turned on him. And we're going to talk about how to deal with rejection and criticism. We're going to talk about at the last Sunday uh, of the month, the Harvest Festival weekend. You don't want to miss it. You want to bring a friend for that one. I'm going to have an illustrated sermon up here as we talk about how to get out of the graveyard. You got to come and see what that's all about. But David found himself in in a relational cemetery. I don't want to preach that right now, but you got to be there for that. So we're going to talk about how to get out of that. But last week, it all started with his very first love and his very first relationship, and that was his relationship with God. I mean, that's why I talked about being single but not alone. Because if we don't fix the problems in us, a relationship's not going to fix it. Sometimes if we don't let God do what he wants to do in us, we're just going to mess up another relationship that someone brings into our life. Amen? And so last week was all about that. Go to our podcast and listen to that message if you weren't here because we talked about some things, knowing who we need to know in Christ, our identity and stuff. Now, out of David's relationship with God, he then was opened up. God just opened up all kinds of different relationships relationships in his life. He, He was then introduced to a whole community of believers. He was introduced to a mentor who began to train him and and teach him and speak life into him. He found his career, his calling, and he even found a wife. Come on, somebody. But it all, and then it all started when he met this man right here, his best friend. So I want to talk to you today about David and Jonathan, the beauty of friendship. The beauty of friendship. Talking about being friends and friends today. This story has been in the Bible for years for, uh, and has been used as a model, as an example for friendships. And so I want to go right here in 1 Samuel 18. David, let me give you a little context. King David just killed the Goliath. Everybody was talking about it. Like this little dude came out of nowhere and killed a giant, a warrior with a stick and a stone. And they were like, man, what is going on with this guy? Bring him into the palace. So David comes in. And he's standing before King Saul. And next to King Saul is Jonathan, who we're talking about today. This young dude who was a prince, he was next to be in line for the king, 
and he's standing there and they're just watching this little shepherd boy come out of nowhere, poor, unknown. His own family didn't even like him, but yet he just has something about him. There was just something about him that stood out. And so Saul's like, I want to know about this kid. I mean, he, he defeated this giant. And so we pick up the story in chapter 18. It says, now when David had finished speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Catch that. Then Saul, that's the king, he took him that day and he would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and he gave it to David and he gave him his armor, even his sword and his bow and even his belt. I want to stop right there. Father, we thank you for your word today, God, that you have preserved over all these years for us to use today and apply to our life. Father, I pray you speak some new revelation to us, remind us of some things, God, and help us, Lord, to cultivate these healthy, godly relationships and healthy soul ties that we do need in our lives, and I thank you for it, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Say hi to three people, tell them they look nice, and then you can be seated. Go ahead, you might make some friends right now. Tell them, amen, 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 amen. Let me jump right into this today. David and Jonathan has always been in the example, as I said, for these God, for a good friendship. And so today, this is how I want to do it. I want to give you two friendship builders and two friendship killers. Are you with me? Okay, now I saved my energy for 1130, okay? I mean, uh, when I grab, if I grab a handheld, look out, we're in revival. But I'm just telling you, I'm almost ready to grab that mic, but I, I, need, I need you to holler. I'm a hollerback preacher. That means if I, you feel something and you, it sounds good to you, it's not out of order and it's not wrong to say, preach, preacher, or amen, thank you, or thank you, Lord, or if you really feel anointed, you can even stand up and give them one of this. Come on, son. Ain't no, you ain't out of order. If you act like that at a football game, if you act like that when your clothes goes on sale, whatever gets you excited, when a book comes into your blind, whatever you're into, if you can get that excited about that, why not get even more excited about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Almost had you there. You, you, you were like, oh, no, 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 I'm too invested. No, 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 come on. You do it. Amen. It's good. Help me preach today. So amen me. Amen, right? Everybody looks good. Everybody sounds good. I'm glad you're here. The heat's fixed, working good. So God is good. Let me give you these today. Two connection, two um, uh, friendship builders. The first one would have to start with the right connection, the, the correct connection. When, when you have friends uh, I believe in every relationship, you have to have some chemistry. I, I believe that. I believe there has to be something in common, some commonalities, some compatibilities. You know, we call it chemistry in relationships, things that, that you, um, you have in common. And um, that's normally what we look for when we look for friends, right? For, and it could be a range of things. It could be a sense of humor. I mean, oh, that's a big one, right? How many's ever had a friend or met someone that just had a totally different sense of humor than you? I mean, you saw something on TV and you're like, man, that's hilarious. And they're over there going. Let me know those people, right? It's, it's hard. You know, you're laughing. I had a friend, and I, I told this before, but he, he had a laugh that would make you laugh. 
So one time we went years ago to go see, a whole bunch of us were supposed to go, but uh, only him and I ended up going to see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, okay? And Jim Carrey's a nut, man. I've always, I thought, you know, we went and saw it, and it was hilarious. And my friend was laughing so hard, he felt, he's a big guy, he fell out of the seat and was laying on the floor and just laughing, and he made the whole movie theater just start laughing. Not even at the movie, but at him. He just had one of those laughs that would just, I can't even do it. It was, uh, he's big, big Jeff. And he would just go, he had this little laugh though for a big guy. It was, I can't do it. But, and, and it just, and everybody was, they almost had to stop the movie, turn the lights on. It was that, he, he wouldn't stop. <laughs> pet, pet, uh, Ace Ventura, man. Whew, I just thought of his little hairdo just now. It popped in my head, man. I almost started laughing. almost lost it. Anyway, that, but that's funny. That's, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of things in common, but, man, we found the same things in common. We had friends. I had different friends, you know, that had different foods. That's another one. Some of you might like, you know, certain foods. And, and, and so we look for people in our relationship. We think, you know, chemistry is if you have the same foods. Um, this different thing, sports, amen. I don't want to embarrass these two guys in the front row, but these two are like nephews to me. Uh, their dad and I go back, uh, way back, and you talk about football. His, their dad's the one that got me connected to football. So, amen, as I said with uh, Donovan, so they're here today. I, was, I mean, LaDon is just uh, always, he, we had that in common. He turned me on to football. And I didn't even like football, but he explained it to me, and then now, now I love it. Amen. So anyway, we had that in common. So sports is a big one, right? You want to hang out. You don't want to take someone who's not into the game to the game, right? And, and so, that's the, so these are all chemistry and, and, and things that we call chemistry. But when I say the correct connection, here's where I'm going with this today. I want you to know there is something that, that we overlook, and, and it's something that we need to have that I want you to realize this. And especially as a believer and as a Christian, the kind of friendships that you're looking for is not just chemistry and extremities, but you want to look for a spiritual connection. That's what David and Jonathan had. They had a spiritual connection. So that's the, that's the correct connection that you need to build healthy relationships in your life. It's people that you can connect with in the spirit. As soon as David was talking, there was just something about David when he's just saying, yeah, I mean, everyone was afraid to fight this giant, but I wasn't afraid. And I went, I knew who my God is. My God helped me de defeat a lion. He helped me defeat a bear. I mean, he began to just rehearse his spiritual walk with God. Jonathan said, man, I need that in my life life. I, I, need, I need the way you worship in my life. I need the way you pray in my life, the way you have victory. And I need how, how you have overcome depression, anxiety, and, and, and habits, and all of these things, man. I need some of that in my life. So he was like, hey, man, that's my dude. That's you. You and me are going to hang out, you know. And, and it's what I love about a spiritual connection, church. This is why many in the church world miss it. Because we are looking for the outward thing. We're looking for the, you know, the same age, the same race sometimes, the same social economical background. But I want you to know something. David and Jonathan were from two completely different worlds. David was a, a shepherd. That's the lowest as you can get on the ancient world in the social status. He was a shepherd, and his own family was not even real big on him. And he's out back. They let him be in charge of the sheep. And then you got Jonathan, who was a prince. But they were able to overlook all their differences, and they were able to look at the spiritual value in one another and said, hey, I need you on my team, and I want to be a part. Whatever God's doing in your life, I want it in my life too. 
And God could be bringing the greatest friendship into our lives, but we miss it because they look different, they have a different laugh, they have a different food, and they may not even like our same sports team. But let me tell you something, those are all good things from now on. But what you and I really need in our life is a spiritual, come on, spiritual connection. Tell somebody you need a spiritual hookup. You need a spiritual hookup. Everybody in the, in the Bible had a, a, that went somewhere in their life. You had Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was the younger man. I know their names are very similar. People get lost. But Elisha was the younger man who was just plowing his field. He was a farmer. And Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, came to town. He saw his work ethic, and he saw him out there working. And God said, that's going to be the next man of God. I want you to go and anoint him. And the Bible says that Elijah walked up to him and just simply put his mantle, which was something that they wore, around his back, and then took it off, only put it on him for a minute. But Elisha felt something in the presence of Elijah. Hear me. He felt something that he never got out of another friendship, out of another gathering. That's why people come to church and it's like, man, I feel it. It's, it's got some music. I've been in rooms like this with people singing, but there's something, there's an element, hopefully you felt it today, that kind of goes in another totally different compartment, and that is the spirit of the Almighty God. That's the presence of God in heaven. Yeah. Preach, preacher. That's good. Whatever is your thing, man, just let me hear you. That, that, that's a spiritual connection, what I'm talking about. And, and, and Elisha said, man, that felt good. And Elijah only put his mantle on him and took it off of him. Is there somebody, what, what does that represent? That's somebody that you can get around and just gives you a future and gives you hope. You can see yourself doing something for God. It elevates you to another whole level. It elevates some hope into you. It brings the good out of you. That's what kind of friendships you need. You got somebody in your life that, that is Elijah. Or better yet, let's flip it around. Are you like Elijah? Are you the type of person that can bring the best out of people? Can you walk up to folks and just speak life into them and speak hope into them? They were able to do that. They were a totally different age group. Elijah was way older than Elisha. They didn't like a lot of things, but they had that spiritual connection. Paul and Timothy, every Timothy needs a Paul. Paul was an older man of God that came alongside of him. And the Bible actually says he circumcised him. Now, this is a, a medical procedure done on babies. We know that. But in the church world, it was something that God had the Jewish people do to their male children as a sign for everyone to know that this child has been circumcised because everyone did something different according to your God, according to your culture. With some boys, they had different piercings, certain uh, paint things, certain ceremonies. But for God's people, he said, I wanted the males to be circumcised. It's the whole teaching in the Bible on that. And, and here's the thing. There was a, in the New Testament, there is a spiritual analogy to the circumcision, and it's for males and females, and it simply represents when we get rid of the junk and we, we get rid of the, the bad behaviors in our lives, that means you are spiritually being circumcised from our hearts. Is everybody with me on that? If not, I'm going to teach an hour on circumcision to make us all uncomfortable. Come on, somebody. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? But here's the thing. Paul and, and Timothy were grown adults, but Paul said to Timothy that in order for him to be accepted in the Jewish circle in the ancient world, he had to perform this. See, here's the point. You need somebody in your life that is able to help get rid of some things and some behaviors in your life. You need a Paul. We all need a Paul that will speak into our life and say, hey, man, since you've been following Christ, we need to work on that. We need to get you to come out of that world and a little bit more and start acting a little bit more like Jesus. 
Every Timothy needs a Paul. Every Elijah, Elisha needs an Elijah. How about Nath, uh, Naomi and Ruth? Naomi and Ruth were two women. Naomi was the mother and uh, mother-in-law, and Ruth was the daughter-in-law. They both lost their husbands. It was a tragic story. You can read it in the book of Ruth. They were widows. Ruth was young. They think she's around 18 years old, and she's a widow. Her life has been turned upside down. But she had a connection. She had a spiritual connection. She had a spiritual connection with somebody named Naomi. And the Bible says that she didn't know where to go, so she said, Naomi, where are you going? Naomi said, I'm going back to church. I'm going back to my spiritual connection. I, I, I'm going back to where I've heard the gospel. I'm going back to where God has got his hand. I'm going to that church where the presence of God is dwelling in that. I, I've been acting a little bit. I don't know where to go. I'm, I'm feeling hopeless. So when I'm hopeless, I'm going to go to the one that gives me hope. I'm going back to the house of God. And Ruth said, hey, I'm going to hang on to you. I'm going to cling to you. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I'm I'm going to live. Even where you die, I'm going to die. And here it is. And your God shall be my God. Amen. Come on, come on. Feel it. Here's the thing. She clung to Naomi. You need somebody to cling on to spiritually. You need somebody to say, hey, man, I want, I want, to, I want to walk like they walk. Not in the spirit, I want to be able to have what that. And Naomi brought Ruth into a whole better season of her life. And if you get a right connection, hear me, if you get the right connections in your life, it will elevate you and bring you to a whole new circle, of, of, of a whole new level in your life. And the wrong relationships can take you the other way, too. Come on, somebody. So you got to watch, choose your friends wisely. And as they're standing there, Jonathan overlooked the differences, but he did see the spiritual connection. And he said, man, I, I seen that in your life and I want to cling to you. I want you to be into my life. So it starts with a spiritual, a spiritual connection. That's what you build off of. And let me just say this, husbands and wives, I've been married 26 years and, and we've been through some things in 26 years. She's married to me, so you can only imagine. But you know how we made it? Let me speak to you married people. You know how you made it? And we got a lot of things that we don't have in common. Oh, there's my, my wife and I are like night and day. We are so different. She likes sushi. But I found out they got fried sushi. Come on, somebody. So I'm like, I'm all in. Amen. It's called a Las Vegas roll. I like it already. You put that, I can eat that all they want. And she likes all, I mean, we have, we have, but we have the same sense of humor. Uh, but we got a lot of different styles and tastes. My wife can walk into a furniture store, Joshua, and we need a new couch. This woman will walk in and she'll pick just blindly the most expensive couch in our van. I ain't kidding you. It's amazing. I'm over here in the clearance section talking about, hey, it's only got three legs, but we can, we can use this one. I, I know Bill's a carpenter. He can, come, he can come help us out. She's already got three guys over there talking about, this is what you need, this is what you need. How many got a wife like that or a husband? How many are you like that? Amen, amen. We go and do a restaurant, man, and it's the same way. She's like, oh, this sounds good. Morning, look at the price. Until later, boom, it's the most, then I feel bad. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat soup. But we, we got a lot of things that we don't have in common. But one thing that we've had in common that has been stronger than the food we eat, and she doesn't, she's starting to like football. There is a God that loves our family. Come on, somebody. I even catch her watching football. Our football family, hey, we're all into it. Amen. Amen. But, but, but there's a lot of things we didn't have in common. But here's the one thing we did have, and you know, it's a spiritual connection. And I got saved first. And she watched me for a while, and she was like, man, I want to see if this thing's real. She wasn't from a church background. She didn't know anything. 
She's coming to church, and we did like a communion service like today. She'd be like, well, you're singing about blood. Why are you happy about blood? Who's bleeding? Where? What's this? I mean, she didn't understand anything. But she said, I'm going to stay connected because there's a spiritual connection here that's changing this heathen husband of mine. So I know there's got to be a God. I don't know how it works, but I want some of it too. And so that spiritual connection is what we've been able to build on and build on. And what, and you may be here and you're not in a relationship or your spouse is not serving the Lord. Let me tell you something. You be that spiritual connection with God. Because after a while, she began to see the difference. And then I came home from work one day. And I looked and she looked different. And I said, what's wrong, baby? What's, what's going on? She had tears in her eyes. She said, I just gave my heart to Jesus. I said, how'd you do that? Ain't no church here. She says, this dude on TV. That's why I don't really knock a lot of TV preachers. I don't care if they're telling you, promising you this and that. If they preach the gospel, then preach the gospel. They're going to stand before God for all that crazy stuff you see on TV, but the real deal is on TV. There are some really good men and women of God who, who knows, God may put us on TV. Does that mean that I'm, I'm a now a false prophet because I got a TV show? Sometimes, no, 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 you're judging. We need to judge with a spiritual judgment. Come on, somebody, I'm helping you. If you're preaching the gospel, I don't care what your hair looks like. I don't care what suit, if you wear a suit. Today I wore a suit. If you're visiting with us, I don't normally don't wear too many suits, but today I did. And the lights are blinking, so I must be on the right road on it, right? Amen. But hey, it, it's not all about all of this. That's what I'm getting at. It's the spiritual connection. Are you preaching Jesus and him crucified and him resurrected? Then, hey, we can get along. So let me encourage you, man. You stay connected spiritually, and God will bring it into your life. That's my introduction. I'm only giving you two today. These, these, uh, these two. The second one is constant cultivation. You have the correct connection. See what I did there with all these C's? I'm talented, anointed. This one is constant cultivation. Constant. This is serious, though. I want a good friend. How many want a good friend? How many, how many like good friendships? It's okay. We all, we're, we're made for that. And, and my spiritual connection that I've had with the Lord is opening up all kinds of doors to me. God has blessed me in this city. He's, ble- he's given our church influence in this city. I'm, uh, you know, meeting with Chief uh, Jason, our, our Van Buren Police Department, just now wa- going through training to be the chaplain for Van Buren Police and Fire. Can you imagine this guy? He, that, that's, that's what God is doing. He's bringing, he brings us to these different levels. And, and it's just why? Because I got a spiritual connection. And that spiritual connection gives me favor. It gives me integrity and character. And that's, that's what we need in our life. And God begins to bless us and open up doors that we would never think could happen to us. But if you've got a spiritual connection, that's exactly what God does. He will bring you, I'm trying to preach, he'll bring you into better levels and higher levels and things that you thought you would never be able to do if you've got the right connection. But these connections ain't always about what it looks like on the outside. But constant cultivation, you have to constantly cultivation. If you want a relationship like that, listen to me, it don't just happen on its own. It takes work. If you, don't, if you want a better than a superficial relationship, it's going to take work. You and I have got to cultivate that work. You've got to cultivate that work. The scripture says this, if you want friends in your life, show yourself friendly. Boom. I used to say this all the time to our youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for years, and our kids would, you know, we had 20, 30 kids, up to 40 kids. That thing just began to take off. But even when it was slow, I mean, kids would come in the youth group, and they'd all want to hang out with me and Melinda. 
And, and I was like, you can't all move in my house. Amen. I love y'all. But, and, and, and some had friends and some were, and I would try to get them to invite other friends and, and all of are clicky and this and that. And it was, and I was like, man, you guys got to, but I had to teach them, show yourself friendly, go, go get out of your comfort zone. And, and that's why we shake hands for a few minutes every Sunday. Some people love it. Some people hate it, but Hey, you never know. You can meet a very good friend in four minutes of greeting one another. You never know. But we live in a society today. I was listening to these pastors talk about this on this social media page about the greeting time. And some churches love it and, and some churches hate it. And the pastors were saying some of our folks love it, some hate it. And they said, but the ones that, um, they were on like 300 threads they were just talking about, uh, comments on, on, on whether they like it or not. But it's supposed to be a place where, you know, you can get out. But some were saying, you know, today's culture, we're not used to having face-to-face -face conversations and everything's through text and social media. Well, we got, I don't, whether you like it or not, in order for you to have a good friend, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and you've got to cultivate it and you've got to be intentional and it's work. It just is. It is. You've got to be friendly. Jonathan and, and David be, uh, made a covenant. Everyone say covenant. They made a covenant with one another. You read it right there. And the Bible says that Jonathan gave his robe and then he said he gave his armor, then he gave his belt and his sword. Well, actually, he gave his sword, his belt, his armor, then his robe. But the writer said robe first because it was astonishing in such a short time that the prince, future king, would give the robe. One thing to give a piece of armor means, hey, man, I want to know you militarily. I want to mentor you as a military person. That's what that represented. I can preach an hour on all four of those items because they all meant something. But I want you to see he wrote robe first when we read it because it was so unheard of and it meant vulnerability. It meant, man, I'm going to be transparent with you. That kind of relationship that we're going to have, David, yeah, I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be vulnerable to you. And if you want a real meaningful life, a friendship, you've got to learn to trust. And you and I have got to be, allow ourselves to put ourselves out there and, and to be vulnerable and to take a risk. And I know we don't like that because a lot of times we've been hurt. And a lot of times you get hurt in a friendship, man, and you just want to, nope, nope, nope. But I'm telling you, that's something that Jonathan, he was like, I'm, I'm going to let you know from the get-go what kind of friendship we're going to have. I use wisdom in that. I am going to tell you that. Use wisdom in that. But to, to really build a close friendship sooner or later, may not be as quickly as Jonathan did, but this was a God thing. Sooner or later, the relationship, you're going to have to be, learn to be vulnerable with one another. And this, people struggle with this. And then they wonder why they got so shallow relationships or none at all. You got you to you take a risk. You got to get out there. You, you got you to be intentional. Join a small group. I tell our church. I love our church because you respond so well to small groups. That's why we've got small group ministry going forward. And it's going to continue to go because that's really, really where you connect. Connect, and right now you're listening to the Word of God, it's being preached, but there's really, the, the spiritual connection is there. But friendship comes from small groups. Friendship comes when you join a ministry team. How awesome is that? And these guys do all these different things together. The River Kids leaders and mentors and Royal Ranger guys went canoeing yesterday. Sweet, it was a perfect day for that. I mean, you, you never, you got, it takes cultivation, right, Joshua? It takes constant cultivation. You constantly got to put yourself out there. Well, David and Jonathan, they made a covenant, but here's my point. They did that three times. Jonathan 
his sister married David. David married his sister. Relationships sometimes can bring you into your new spouse. I, I ain't lying. I'm just telling you. That's how God works. So life got busy for David. David went another whole route. He's married now. Jonathan was now trying to take care of his crazy dad and, and run the kingdom. And so they were separated for a while. But your Bible says that in the most lowest point of David's life, Jonathan found him. He came back and said, in other words, hey, I ain't heard from you in a while. So I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to send you a text. I'm going to take you out for coffee. I'm going to take you out for lunch. I'm going to cultivate this relationship to you and I'm going to come check on you. That's what he did. And so chapter 20, they made another covenant. Chapter 23, they did it again. Constant cultivation. Let me give you the two killers. You got to constantly make this cultivation. I have a lot of friends at different levels. Friends, I got different circles of friends, but there, there are, you got to cultivate those relationships, man. You got to cultivate them. You got to hang out. You got you to keep them going. They're hard. I know they're hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll do. But in order to keep, if you f finally get a spiritual connection, it's going to be worth cultivating it. Number two, the two things that kill it. Number one is insecurity. This is a friendship killer, relationship killer, is insecurity. You got your Bible still open? Let me show you the king of insecurity. We'll talk a little bit about this tomorrow night, our ETS, as it involves leadership. But Saul, remember Saul? That's Jonathan's dad. It says in verse 7, so the women sang as they danced. King David, here it is, our David came out and King Saul came out in front of all the people, thousands of people, and the crowd began to chant and they began to sing this song. They said, Saul, that's the king, you have slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Watch this. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him and he said, are you listening to the people? They have ascribed to David tens of thousands, but to me only thousands. Now what more can happen but him take over the kingdom? Look at verse 9. So Saul I David from that day forward. That means he viewed with suspicion. They came out, and the ladies were saying it, and all the tambourines were going, and they were dancing, and they were saying, King Saul, he's killed thousands, but David is, is killed ten thousands. And the insecurity inside Saul felt threatened. Insecurity always feels threatened. And this kills relationships so much because soon as you start to, it keeps you from being transparent. It keeps you from trusting because we're always suspicious. And when insecurities begin to uh, grow in our life, it starts to kill the relationship. He began to kill, uh, this killed his relationship with David. And God brought David into his life to help Saul. And we have some of these most, God could be bringing the most wonderful relationships and connections with us. But if, if we allow our insecurities to get in the way, it will kill it every time. I shared this story. I'll share it again. This when I've been married for a long time, but when I first got married, I was a pretty secure guy. I had a lot of issues in my life. I had, but security, I was, I was pretty secure. And Melinda and I, and I, and the way we met and everything. Well, I had a friend who had two little brothers, and he was, he was so insecure. I love this guy, but if I hung out with another friend, if I hung out with, with Ladon, if I hung out with any other friend, he, he just get, he get kind of jealous or something. He would, anybody ever have a friend that didn't like you to hang out with anybody else? Okay. He would, and I'd be like, Hey man, I mean, I'm just hanging out with them too. You know, it's no big deal. But anyway, he, he would have this insecurity. It translated into all of his relationships with his girlfriends. He would send his brothers out. He, two younger brothers to spy on his girlfriend. 
And, and they would come back. He would do this. This guy was so insecure, man. And, and, and his girlfriend wasn't into nothing. She was just, it, it ended up wrecking so many relations. One time, his two brothers came back and told him that Melinda's ex-boyfriend came up and visited her when she was working at Gibraltar Trade Center. Dun, dun, dun. How many remember Gibraltar Trade Center? Okay, my wife worked there. And these two dudes came home, and they were like, hey. And so David, he came and told me, he was like, yeah, Melinda's ex-boyfriend was up at her work. And I was like, okay, really? And I'm thinking, I'm gonna, she'll probably tell me about it later. But the more he said it, and the more he followed me around, hey, ain't you going to get mad? Hey, she's up. See, insecurity thrives on fear. And, and, and the more he said it, the more I was like, yeah. So we're up at Gibraltar Trade Center. Hiding in the leather department. I am not lying. We are in the leather department. I'll never forget it. It's the most embarrassing thing. I, hey, I tell you the craziest stories if it'll help you. If it'll help you, I'll, I'll look like an idiot. I'll say it. But I'm trying to help you today. And I'm looking through the vest, and these guys are like, you need anything? You know, two dudes buying leather. It was like, <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, we're all right. I'm just, I'm just spying on my girlfriend. And I'm, I'm, it, I don't even know what this dude looked like. I found out he had dark hair. And so I'm like, he, she always did like dark hair people. My whole life is a lie. I remember I was, it started making me so insecure. And I finally said, this is so stupid. And I, I got out and she, her sister worked with her and her sister and I, we did not have the best of relationship. And I remember she said, what are you up here doing, spying on Melinda? And I was like, no. But anyway, while I'm here, who was here today in the last three hours? I want to know right now. Play back the cameras. And I said, this is the student. But Melinda told me, she said, Eddie, if I wanted to be with somebody, I would be with somebody. But I'm with you. Get over it. And let me just tell you, with all the love that I can muster up as a pastor, if you're insecure, get over it. Here's the trick. Let your securities overweigh and outweigh your insecurities. And I begin to develop an attitude like, if you can steal my girlfriend, you can have her. She began to, and you know what happened? That relationship began to flourish. This is what happened to King Saul. He was, he was the king. He already messed up, and that's why God was going to replace him. But they, Saul could have came alongside of David and said, hey, I might have messed up as a king, but I don't want to mess up as a man of God. So let me have this spiritual connection with you, David, and I'll even help you take over the kingdom. I'll even give it. It could have been a wonderful transference of power instead of Saul eventually committing suicide and ending up with the witch of Endor and brought total shame on the whole kingdom, all because of insecurities that gobbled up his life are you hearing me today it'll ruin the best relationships that comes into life this insecure person says when my friend wins a little piece of me dies do you can you celebrate when other people have victories remember that when he's a kid you you you, you best friend go out for a team he makes it and you don't you're like yeah you know what I'm saying? Or someone joins a worship team and they can sing better or worship better or, a, or preach better or teach better. And, insecure, and we all f battle with insecurities. 
And I was said in the 930 service, as our church grows, listen, I, I love that we have such a beautiful uh, group of talented people up here and anointed people, uh, but we, we can't allow our insecurities because it, it, it'll hinder the growth of this church. It'll hinder when someone, I want people, I love, that's why I don't do communion. I don't have to do communion. I don't have to do water baptism. We have our pa other pastors that do that. They even preach. And I love it when Pastor Steve gets up here, any of our pastors get up here and they hit a home run and you get blessed and I'm able to stand to the side and so and say preach brother preach the word and he can sing I guess I'm happy for that God's still working on me brother but I don't want to be a saw I remember hearing TD Jake say they said to him one year they said brother when you're getting older give us some young pastors some advice after about a five-second pause he said, I know this. I'm seeing the end of my race as it comes to being effective in the ministry. And my prayer is this. Oh, God, don't let me become a Saul. Don't let me begin to pull these other young preachers, men and women that are coming out of my ministry and begin to hinder their growth because I'm jealous and because I'm insecure. I want to stand to the side and say, go, brother, go. Go, sister, go. You can play better. You can sing better. You can worship better. You can drum better. You can guitar better. You can go, brother, go. Someone say, let it go. Come on. Let it go. Let it go. I'm trying to help us today to have good. I mean, Jonathan wasn't all jealous over David. David wasn't all jealous over Jonathan. Man, they were, they were like, hey, man, whatever God does in your life, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate you. I'm going to celebrate what God's doing in your life. And that takes a secure individual. I tell them, I'm a secure man. You know how? I can walk both of our little Maltese dogs down the street. Amen. That is kind of, you got, I'm, this one dude was walking with these two American bulldogs. I mean, he had them chained on his hip, you know. And here I come, yip, 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 with a little doggy bag. You, know. you see my motorcycle, Dave? I got a bike in there. You know, how about them lions? I mean, there it is. I mean, it's just, you know, because we have this identity crisis. <laughs> walking the dog don't make you a man. Get a cat. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> but we have these ideas in our, in our, in our mindset. I killed a deer and ate the herd out. Yeah. Did you go get a shot? I mean, I don't understand. What's the matter? I may, don't make you a man, but a secure, if you're secure in Christ, if you're secure in your manhood, secure as a woman of God, you don't have to act like or be like nobody. You are who you are all by yourself. Embrace it. Love it. Thank God for it. Walk in it, brother. Walk in it, sister. Be secure in who you are. There ain't nobody else like you. Amen. Good preaching. Woo, I needed that. I came to church just for that, Pastor Eddie. Amen. That'll kill it, though. Insecurities, our insecurities will do it. We got to continue to let, we got to continue to let people go. Continue to let people excel and celebrate them. Come on. The second thing is equability. Now, if you're taking notes, E-Q-U, A-B. I know it's an odd word to put in there, but I was going to use reciprocity. Because reciprocity is, is the art of giving and taking. E equability simply means you want something out of a relationship, but you're not willing to put in to the relationship. Let me just talk to you for a minute, and then we're closing. This is what kills friendships more than anything. Is you get people that are always just sucking and draining the life and energy and joy out of you, and you're not the one that's putting back in. You have to have equability. You have to have reciprocity working in a relationship.
There's a scripture that says you reap what you have sown. It doesn't say you reap what you wish you sown, what you wanted to show, sown, but what you have sown. A good way to test how well you and I are doing in this area is to look at your mountaintop experiences and your valley experiences. This is something the Lord showed me. If you have a mountaintop experience, you get a promotion, a job, uh, something to celebrate, and you don't have nobody there celebrating with you, listen, don't get mad, don't get insecure, stop and think, when's the last time in the last three years have you celebrated someone else's victory? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help us today. And, and, and another way is, is it a valley? You got nobody helping you go through this valley? When's the last time you helped someone else go through the valley? I, I'm just saying, these are, these are two ways that we can see, hey man, maybe I need to put a little bit more equability. Maybe I need to be the one instead of always needing prayer. How about I call them up and say, hey, I want to pray for you today. I, want, I ain't seen you in a while. I want to I wanna check on you. It's, it's that cultivation thing again, but it, it, it's an equability. It's a, it's, I'm not in this relationship just to take from you. You know, I have to ask myself sometimes, are people wanting to be with me and Melinda because we're pastors or because we really like, really like us? When I was a youth pastor having all these kids always around us and all this, and it was like, is it because I'm the youth pastor or do you really like Eddie? I mean, who don't like Eddie, right? He's all right. You better say something. It's my, my little nephew. It's my nephew right here. I mean, like Josh. Isn't Josh cool? You see him on the base today? You see Josh up on the base today? Look at him, he turned so many colors, Steve. Should I keep going? Isaiah, you watching this? Amen. You're lucky you ain't sitting here, right? In Jesus' name, amen. I love the McBlains. Larry, I love you, man. I love you guys. I love, I love everybody in this church. I love you because God, I believe, has sent you to this church. I can't all come and hang out at your house, but you can with one another. You come hang out at my house on Sundays. God's house, I promise to give you as much as I can as a pastor. I just want to see you grow in your faith. I want you to see you d develop and cultivate some awesome friendships. People come to church, and I'm going to close with this. Pastor Steve, won't you come? People come to church because they want to experience God. They want to learn the Bible, and they want to cultivate healthy relationships. That's why people come to church. Number one, to encounter God. That's what you feel when you're in this place. Number two, you learn the Bible. You just learned about David and Jonathan, a story that's been told for thousands of years. That book is the number one best-selling book in human history. Outsold. Harry Potter, Fifty Shades of Grey, all combined. It's the most selling, best-selling book. And why? Because it works. So you go to church to learn, to experience God, to learn the Bible. And people come to church to have healthy friendships. I understand that. It's hard with two services. We have 15 to 17 new people at Growth Track. We have a lot out that are sick today. People are gone. I mean, that's just the way it is. This church is, is I'm trying my best to keep us connected with the two services. It's hard to do. It takes some work. I don't even know everybody's name. What's your name? It's my nephew. Got a spiritual connection. I hope when you come, you get a connection. You know, people say, Well, I come to my church. You need to come to this church. A kid zip in. What did I say? They have a zip line to zip into kids' church. And Barney is there. Remember Barney? He's still around. You know, that guy. I'm like, Cool. We may not have that yet, 
we get that new building, I might put a zip line in this bad boy. I ain't kidding. I'm just that kind of, I want it, I want it. But here's the thing, you don't go to a church because they have a zip line or stained glass windows or anything. You come because there's a spiritual connection. You need something more than a zip line when your 13-year-old is handed his first opioid. You need something more than a zip line and a song from Barney when a relationship tries to come into your life that can destroy what you have put into them. Come on, stand to your feet if you like this message today. So that's what I want to make sure that you get this spiritual connection when you come to River of Life. But you know what, guys? you got to cultivate it. we got to cultivate these relationships with one another. got to get rid of our insecurities, man. Being so insecure. God's in control. He's got this. Whoever's meant to be in your life will be in your life. Who's not, who's not. you got to trust God. People sometimes, and you're going to see in this series that some people come just for a season. As you see next week, but if you're going to be the guy that throws the, the, the javelin back, or are you going to learn to do this? Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for your word. And God, there's people in this church right now that need, we all can use healthy friendships relationships, God. I pray for spiritual connections in this place. Go ahead, just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I pray for Paul's to come into Timothy's lives. I pray for Naomi's to come into Ruth's life. I pray for Elijah's to come into these Elisha's lives. I pray, God, that you will connect these our brothers and sisters, one another, with a spiritual connection, Father. And I pray that you would help those that are not meant for you to exit left. God, to exit out. And God, just let them go. Help us, Lord, to love them, pray for them, but focus on our relationship with you, God. And then when we're healthy and when we're strong, we go back and try to get them and get them back into a relationship with you. But Father, I pray for healthy relationships to come into everybody in this church, Lord. I pray this ministry, God, would just flourish with healthy friendships in this place. Help us to get rid of our insecurities and our fears and all these things that the enemy tries to bring in focus in on you in Jesus name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people.